Well, are you ready to get in the Word today? Excited that you are with us in this moment. Last week, we began a message entitled, Nothing Works Without This. Um, And I gave you the real title of my message is this, uh, Love is Your Assignment. Thank you, guys. But uh, we can't use that title because if we use that title, people will start clicking off and go on to other things in life. Uh, they just dismiss it as if that's not an important subject or, or certainly something that they do not need or, or they would, they'd come to the conclusion that, you know, the love thing, that's, that's not my problem. So we're just going to go with nothing works without this because the truth of the matter is, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, uh, nothing in your life, uh, when it comes to the things of God, will work without what we're talking about. Uh, several years ago, I shared this last week, uh, when I went to Bible school, I was so excited. I was uh, at the age of 30, already married, had, had children, and we went to Bible school really just on a, an assignment from heaven and uh, believing God the whole way. And, and uh, we, we moved out to Oklahoma, and uh, at that moment, in my life, I really needed to learn some things about the Bible and about God, and so I needed to get some education. And so we went out there, and I was so excited about learning about things like the Holy Spirit and learning things about the, the believer's authority and, and learning things about faith and things about miracles. And I can remember enrolling in the school in my first, my first day, uh, one of the instructors, Brother Hagen, which is one of my spiritual fathers, uh, he opened his Bible, and I said, oh, I can't, I, 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 I've put it all on the line to come to this moment. And I'll never forget him opening to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and begin to teach on the love of God, and more specifically, not just the love of God, but the importance of us walking in the love of God. And, and God is my witness. It seemed like for the next three to four months, uh, every time Brother Hagen was to speak, uh, he didn't preach on faith. He didn't preach on miracles. He didn't preach on the power of the Holy Spirit. He just opened up his Bible, turned to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and he was teaching. He would just continue to teach on love, and I, I, I kept thinking to myself, does this guy know anything else besides love? Because I had concluded that certainly this is not my problem. Certainly this is not my issue. Hey, I, I've come for real answers. I need some real help. I, I, need, I need to hear things like faith. Talk, talk to me about miracles. But what I found out is that that was the very thing that I really needed in my life to turn my life around. So I'm just saying today, whoever I'm talking to out there, this might be exactly what you need from God to turn your life and your home and your family around. So let's review a little bit of what we did last week. In Matthew chapter 24, beginning with verse 6, the disciples are asking Jesus. Lock in here with me as we we get into this. The disciples are asking Jesus here, uh, will you tell us about the signs of your coming or the end of the earth. When, when is this thing called our earthly life going to come to an end? So Jesus begins to give the disciples signs before the, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we know, at the end of times. And so Jesus says, here's, here's what's going to happen. He says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. 
See that you are not troubled. Now, now any time that you're hearing about end times and prophecy, you're always going to see Jesus or the Word of God tell you, see that your hearts be not troubled. If you are troubled with end times events, you're really not hearing from heaven because what heaven will reveal into your heart is really a peace. He says, see that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And, and verse 7 says, for nation will rise against nation. Now, that's not governments. That's not empires. That's the word uh, ethnos or ethnicity, where we get our English word ethnicities. That's talking about the races or groups of people. Hello, sounds like the day we're living in. For nation will rise against nation. Here, here's, the, here, here's the government's kingdom against kingdom. And there'll be famines. There'll be pestilence. The word pestilence means plagues. Uh, a virus is a plague, so these are signs of the end time, and earthquakes in various places. Now, notice verse 10. It says, and then many will be offended, hello, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, this is the end of the world. This is how this thing is going to wrap up. He says, he says people will be offended and out of that, they'll begin to betray one another, stab each other in the back. And then what's going to happen is they're going to hate one another. Kind of sounds like our world that we live in today. Maybe this thing is getting closer than what we think. And verse 11 says, Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many in that day. Verse 12 says, Now watch this. And because lawlessness lawlessness that word lawlessness means an open defiance because lawlessness will abound the love catch this is where we're going the love of many will grow cold notice the bible says that because of an open defiance in the world that all of a sudden it'll cause people's love to begin to go to grow cold the the word cold there means it means passive, it means, it means lifeless, it means complacent. Now here's what you need to understand, here's what is absolutely amazing. This word in the original Greek language is the word agape, agape. Now remember, as we talked to you last week, in the English language we only have one word to describe love. And we kind of use that word like, you know, we do manage, spread that out all over our relationships. And so we say things like, I love my car, and I love my dog, and then I love my church, and then I love tooth toothpaste, I love my iPhone, and then I love my wife, and I love my dad. We, we just use that, that, that same word love for every relationship. But in the Greek language in the original language in which your new testament bible was written there are several words that describe the different kinds of love this one here right here specifically is the greek word agape now let me give you quickly in review the four basic types of love used throughout the bible the first one we said was eros this is the, the romantic kind of love, deals with your feelings. A storge, which is the love and affection that you have within your family. It's the family bond. And then we have the, the Greek word phileo. This is the affectionate love that we have for a, a friend. And then the fourth word, Greek word, that we see throughout the Bible uh, that, that is translated love in our English Bible is the word that we just said is agape. Agape, listen, is the unconditional, 
love of God, or you could say it like this. I like it. The God kind of love. I like the way we put that. The God kind of love. Now, agape is not natural human love. Agape is divine godly love. It's God's divine love. So, so catch this, Jesus' disciples are asking him, hey, hey, when is this thing going to come to the end? When is the end of the world? When is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? And Jesus goes through a, a list of things. He says wars and rumors of wars and betrayal and hate and anger. And then he says this, he says, because of lawlessness, he says many, uh, many, not just a few, but many, their love will grow cold. So the Bible says one of the signs of the end time is that the love or the agape of many will grow cold. Now what's amazing about this is that this is not talking, cannot be talking about worldly people. This is specifically talking, the group of people the Bible's talking about that their love would grow cold would be believers, would be Christ followers. Because they're the only ones that have the agape kind of love. They're the only ones that have the God kind of love because it comes on the inside of them. We'll get to that in just a moment. It comes on the inside of them when they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So what's amazing is the Bible says because of this lawlessness in the world, this open defiance, this craziness, what's going to happen instead of the church getting brighter for so many, they just get crazy with the crazy. I have a word for somebody today. Don't grow crazy with the crazy. The Bible says because of this open defiance that many, not just a few, but many in the church, the church-going people, their love is going to begin to grow cold. It's going to become complacent. The agape love of God in them is going to become passive. It's a sign of the end times, that that, 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 that that agape love is going to be lifeless. Now, now this is what you need to understand. It's important as Christ's followers. Let, re, let me remind you, agape love, the love of God, is not a suggestion. It is absolutely a commandment for every Christ follower. Let me remind you, John 15, 12 says, this is my commandment. What is it, Jesus? Jesus said this, that you love one another as I have loved you. This love should not grow cold because of the craziness in the world. This love should get hotter for the church because of the craziness of the world. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14, let me remind you. It says, be alert, be firm in the Christian faith. Be courageous and strong. Do everything, not some things, but everything. Do your life. Do your, your marriage. Do your family. Come on, do your church. Do everything with the agape or the God kind of love. In the New Testament, you'll see this word agape over and over and over, over 200 times. The word agape, the God kind of love that believers are to live by. It's not a suggestion. It is absolutely a commandment. We talked about this last week. Well, well what does that love look like? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Bible describes this kind of love. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is literally a revelation of how God loves you. And it also is a detailed definition of how the God kind of love is to act or behave 
in your life. So let's read it again. Let's get back into this because as believers, we can't afford because of the craziness for our love to grow cold. And I'm on a mission today. Come on, Celebration family. As a pastor, to stir the family of Celebration, we cannot go crazy with all the crazy that's in our world. And Jesus said that is an end-time sign it's going to be easy to be susceptible to, but, 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 but we're, we're warning you today. We're, we're helping you today. We're enlightening you today that we don't have to grow, grow, grow crazy with the crazy. Notice 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. It says, love is patient. This is, this is the agape. It's, it's the God kind of love. It's patient, and it's kind. I'm going to be slow on purpose so we can just have some cause and effect. It's kind. Love is Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Love is not rude. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Come on, Mr. Rude. Love's not rude. Come on. Love does not demand its own way. Hello. You know, if we do that in our marriage, we wouldn't have any marriage problems. Huh? Love does not demand its own way. It's not irritable or touchy. Man, it sounds like this is describing me the last four months. It's not irritable. It's not touchy. Has anybody been irritable or touchy in this COVID-19? The Bible says when the world's going crazy, there's going to be a tendency for the church to go crazy, that their love is going to grow cold. But love is not a suggestion. It is a commandment. Come on, we got to live in this God kind of love. It's not irritable. It's not touchy. It doesn't hold grudges. It doesn't hold grudges. It doesn't hold grudges. It doesn't hold... Did you hear that? It doesn't hold grudges. I like this one. This one's really a tough one. It keeps no record of being wrong. <laughs> Are you serious? God, they stabbed me in the back. They, they wrote something nasty on social media. You mean, you mean, God, they did me wrong. No, no, not, not love, not according to love. They didn't do me any wrong. Hello. Verse 6, it says, It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. I like this. Love never gives up on people. Well, we got to get that one right, huh? Love never gives up on, on people. Now, 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 I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, man, I'm sure glad pastor's preaching that because my, my, my dad needs that, and my mom needs that, and my neighbor needs that, and that, that, that pastor needs that. But you know who really needs it? You need it. Come on. This message isn't for your neighbor. This message is for you. It's for me. Ne love never gives up on people, never loses faith. It always is hopeful. Come on, right in COVID-19, it's always hopeful. We're always expecting God's best and endures through every circumstance. Did you know that description of love, these characteristics of love that, 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 that God describes here has no feeling? It doesn't describe a feeling. It does not describe an emotion because the love of God is not about a feeling. The love of God is not about emotion. All these other loves, they're all about feelings, but not the God kind of love. You see, God's love is not a feeling. God's love has nothing to do with emotions, but it has everything to do with your commitment to walk in the love that God has given you. You see, human love is based on feelings, but God's divine love is a decision and a choice that you make to live your life by the love of God. Now, I can just hear you today, wherever you're at. Hopefully, you didn't click me off because this really is the answer you're looking for. 
I can just hear somebody saying, well, I could never, I could never do that. I just don't know that I could do that love stuff. But I have good news for you today according to Romans 5, 5. Remember we said it last week? Notice what the Bible says. It says, God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Come on, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that moment God moved into your life is the moment the love nature came into your heart. So the truth of the matter is you can do what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 just told you to do. You can do it. Why? Because God has given you the love to do it with. All you have to do is in every situation in life, just ask yourself, take a pause, take a break, just ask yourself, what would love do in this situation, and then just make the decision to do that. Now, I know that doesn't feel good, (laughs) it's not fun, it's not enjoyable, but I'm here to tell you there are benefits to walking and the God kind of love. There are benefits to stirring up the heat and making your love hot. So in every situation, just take a pause, take a moment, and ask yourself, what would love do in this situation? Before you say it, before you tweet it, before you post it, come on, before you text it, ask yourself, is this violating the commandment of of love? You see, using social media to offload your rage and anger, that's not love. Love is not being critical of others. Love is not being rude to others. Love is not trying to get revenge. Love is not advertising the wrongdoings of other people. Love, love doesn't say, I, I did it right, and you point your finger at other people and say, they did it wrong. You see, the problem is, here's the problem, I think, I think we're more in love with our opinions than we are about loving people. But with God, hear me, with God, loving people is way more important than just being right in your life. I can hear God saying today, family, so I know this is a pastoring message, but this is going to help us. I can hear God just saying to somebody today, uh, tweet no more, text no more. Uh, post no more, uh, sin, sin no more. In fact, I, I have a good rule in my life. I, I'm trying to do it because I've sent, sent too many text messages that I would like to have back. So before I, 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 I post it, you know what I'll do? I'll note it. I'll put it in my notes to make sure that that's really what I want to say to that individual. So before you post it, you may want to just note it and sit on it for a few days and make sure that you're operating in love. Somebody ought to shout in the chat room. Somebody ought to get excited. I don't know about you, but I do know for myself. And nobody else walks in love. I made a decision. I'm going to walk in love. Why? Because it's not a suggestion. It is a commandment from the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as Christ's followers, love should, be, love should be our greatest aim. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. It says, let love be your greatest aim. As Christ's followers, come on, this has got to be our passion. Notice the message translation of the same thing. It says, go after a life of love as if your life depended on it. 
Did, did you hear that? It says, it says, make love your aim or go after a life of love as if your life depended on it. Why? Because I'm here to tell you, your life depends on the agape, the love of God or the God kind of love. Why? Because nothing in your life, you've got to get this, nothing in your life as a Christ follower will work without love. Without love in your life, without choosing love and making the decision to live your life by love the end of the day you are absolutely nothing first corinthians 13 we read this last week he says if i speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy but don't love i'm what i'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate if i speak god's word with power revealing all of his mysteries and make everything plain as day and if i have faith that says to a mountain jump and it jumps but i don't have love God says, you're nothing. If I give everything I owe, own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say and what I believe and what I do here at church, I am bankrupt without love. You see, at the end of the day, God's not impressed with our abilities. God's not impressed with our, our talents and our attributes. God is impressed with our commitment and our willingness to love. So it's not about what you say. It's not about what you know. It's not about what you believe. It's not about what you give. It's not about what you accomplish because it's all nothing if it's done without the love of God. Why love? Because nothing works without it. Let me give you five things why you really want to do this love walk number one why love love is how we make jesus known to our world that's why the church needs to love that's why we don't need to be hating right now that's the reason why we don't need our love to grow cold because it's in this crazy world that god will use us to bring many to the saving knowledge of the lord jesus christ notice verse 13 of, of john's gospel it says a new commandment that i give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Verse 35 says, by this, hear it, by this, all will know that you are my disciples. How? By this, all will know. By this, all will know. So it's not our great preaching. It's not our great worship. It's not our doing great miracles or building big churches. All will know that you are my disciples. What? If you love one another another if you have love for one another it's not by my opinions it's not by my political view come on how's it going to be how are people going to come to the saving knowledge to know jesus they're going to see the love in you they will know because of our love i'm here to tell you love is our greatest witnessing to reach a, to reaching a world for jesus no wonder why no wonder why the, the, the enemy wants your love to grow cold. Because if he can get you out of the love walk, then people won't get saved. Because they're going to know, they're going to know Jesus because of the love that you choose to walk in in your life. Why love? Because love is how we make Jesus known to our world. Here's the second thing. Why love? Love makes the promises of God work in your life. Hear that. Love makes the promises of God work in your life. Notice Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. 
It says, when someone belongs to Christ, the important thing is faith. The kind of faith that, what? Works through love. You see, everything you receive from God, the Bible says, comes by grace, but it is only received into your life by, 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 by faith. So, so, so everything that God has provided, it, it, it comes by grace, but you receive it, you bring it into your life by faith. But if your faith is not accompanied by love, it will not work. Your faith is required in your life to receive all that God has for you. But according to this verse right here in Galatians 5 and 6, is that your faith does not work except through love. Nothing works in the kingdom of God without love. You see, the lack of love has been the limiter to our lives. But the good news is that love will cause your faith to work. You hear it today, right? Everything, I've got to say it again, everything you get from heaven comes by your faith or by your belief. But the Bible says that your faith or your belief will not work if you're not a person of love because your faith works by love. Come on, your faith works by love. So faith for healing, you're going to have to be a person of love. You see, you see, love will cause your faith for, for restoration to work. Faith will cause your faith, love will cause your faith for deliverance to work. Love will cause your faith for provision to work. Love will cause your faith for your marriage to work. Love will cause your faith for your family to work. Why is love important? Because love makes the promises of God work in your life. A lot of, a lot of us have thought, well, I'll just have faith. I'll just believe. But your faith and your belief will not work without love. So your love empowers your faith to receive all that God has for you. Why would the enemy want your love to grow cold so that you cannot receive what God has for you in your life? Here's the third reason why love. Love is the key to having joy in your life. You need any joy? You need any peace in your life? Notice John 15, Jesus writing here, Jesus saying, he says, live on his love, the God kind of love, the agape love. He says, I have told you these things, he's talking to his disciples, that my joy and my delight may be in you, and that your joy and gladness may be full, may be a full measure and complete and overflowing. So Jesus is saying here, you need to live on this kind of love. You need to live on the agape kind of love. Not, not, the, not, not the feeling, but the commitment to live by the God kind of love. He says, operating in this kind of love releases the joy. It releases the gladness in your life. I think many of us could look at what's been going on in our life the last several months, and it's like, where, where's the joy? Where, where's, where's the peace? God, I'm, I'm messed up. I'm a nervous wreck. Things aren't working. God, I, I'm just so tense and so frustrated. Where, where's the joy? Hey, I'm here to tell you the, the source of that joy is, is walking in love. It's being committed to living by the love of God. You see, sadness and discouragement and heaviness, it literally runs out of your life when you make the commitment to live your life by love. A lot of people struggling with 
with discouragement right now. Suicidal thoughts. How, how do I deal with that? How, how can I get that out of my life? Make a commitment to love. Make a commitment to live your life by the God kind of love. No wonder why the enemy would love the church and their love to grow cold. Why? Because then he could put depression on them. He could put sadness on them. He could put heaviness on them. Listen, the, 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 the church is not supposed to go crazy with the rest of the world. And, and that's what the setup of this whole craziness is trying to do in our lives. It's trying to get you to go crazy and forget about the most important thing in your life because nothing else works without it. What is that? It's the love of God operating in your life. It's you making the decision that this is how I'm going to live my life by the God kind of love. So this is how we're going to win our world. This is how we receive everything that God has for us, healing and health and provision and deliverance. Come on, it comes by the love of God. This is, this is how we're going to have joy in our life and peace in our life and run out the discouragement and the depression. And then number four, love drives out all fear. That's why you need to love. Why? Because it drives all fear out of your life. 1 John 4, 18, it says, Where God's love is, there is no fear, because God's perfect love, that's agape, all these, these words love is the agape in the Greek language, the agape drives out fear. Are you struggling with fear today? Come on, are you struggling with fear of, of, of sickness or disease? Are you struggling with fear of destruction? And are you struggling with fear of recession or lack or shortage or rejection? Are you struggling with fear concerning your future? What's going to happen tomorrow? Are you struggling with the fear of getting older? Are you struggling with the fear of death? How do I get the fear out of my life? Listen, I can't just cast it out. i got to make a decision. The most important thing in my life, because nothing else works in my life without it, I have to make a commitment. I have to choose what's been put in my heart that I'll live my life by the God kind of love. The Bible says, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, spirit of fear, but he's given you power and agape love and a sound mind. How do I... How do I get the fear out of my life in this COVID-19 situation in this moment? I just yield to the love of God on the inside of me, and I operate by that love. I make a commitment to live my life by that, by that love. No wonder why the enemy wants your love to grow cold and complacent. Why? Because then he can get fear in your marriage. He can get fear in your home. He can get fear in your kids. But I'm here to tell you, Come on, love will drive out the spirit of fear. Why love? Because nothing in life works without love as a believer, as a Christ follower. It's more important than what you think. No wonder why. Brother Hagen, my spiritual fathers, just kept hammering on it and kept hammering on it and kept hammering on it. And if you was to ask me today, after those years of Bible school, you, if you was to ask, uh, Pastor Reed, what, what did you learn at Bible school? It's always one thing. It's always one thing. It's not, well, I learned faith, and I learned miracles, and I learned eschatology, and I learned, I learned, no, no. I learned the love of God. The most important subject matter to a Christ follower is the love of God because it's not something that God has. It's who he, he is. 
Here's, here's the fifth one, the final one, and we're closing. This is why you need to love. Number five, love brings you out of failure and love will keep you from failure. Did you hear that? Come on, you need to be brought out of failure. Is anybody in failure right now and you're needing a way out of that failure? I'm telling you, love is the way out of your failure. And I'm here to tell you, love will keep you from failing. Notice 1 Corinthians 13 and 8. It says, love never, love never fails. Love never, never fails. In every situation, in every area of your life, God's love is the way it's the way to win. Love will bring you out of failure, and love will keep you from failure. Love will bring your business out of failure, and love will keep your business from failure. Love will bring your marriage out of failure, and love will keep your marriage from failing. Come on. Love will bring your finances out of failure, and love will keep your finances from going into failure. Are, are you hearing this? Because why? Because love never fails. Nothing works in your life without the commitment to the God kind of love. As, as, as we're closing today, I, I want to remind you about a story here. You see, Peter experienced this. You remember uh, Peter ends up denying Jesus three different times and he, 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 he told Jesus, I'll never do it. He, he says, I'll never deny you. And yet he ends up doing it. He does what he said he would not do. That's Peter, you know, the hot-tempered one, the, the one that, that, that cussed and cursed. He ends up denying Jesus, and Jesus dies upon the cross as is resurrected. And then Jesus spends like 40 days on the earth just visiting people. And Peter feels like such a failure in life. And you know what he does? He just goes back to his old life. The Bible says he and some other disciples, they just go fishing. And uh, so Jesus, what does he do? He goes and finds Peter who feels like a failure in life. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but there's some people on the other side of this camera. You feel like you've been a failure in life, but I'm here to tell you the love of God will bring you out of that failure. It'll bring you out. Jesus finds Peter fishing, and, and Jesus looks at Peter, and he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, oh, Master, Savior, you know. With tears coming down his eyes, he says, oh, I love you. But in the original language, what Jesus was saying to Peter, he says, Peter, do you agape me? Do you agape me? And Peter would say, oh, yes, Jesus, I phileo you. I phileo you. In other words... I love you like a friend. And Jesus, uh, uh, he says it for the second time. Peter, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter once again says, Jesus, you know, with tears coming down his face, he says, oh, you know I phileo you. Jesus, you know that I love you like a friend. One last time, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, Jesus, you know, with tears coming down his eyes, you know I, I love you. And Jesus looks at Peter and commissions, and commissions him and tells Peter, Peter, I know you love me. 
I know you, 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 you phileo me. I know you, you, you love me like a, a buddy, but, but this kind of love is not going to empower you to succeed in life. So Peter, what I need you to do is I need you to go to an upper room. And I need you to gather together with some other believers. And I need you to pray because the gift of the Holy Spirit is going to come. And when the gift of the Holy Spirit comes, he's not going to bring phileo. He's going to bring some agape kind of love. Are, are you with me? And when that agape kind of love comes on the inside of you, you can begin to yield to it, and you won't be a cussing preacher anymore. You won't be a denying preacher anymore. You won't be a hot-tempered preacher anymore. You know what you're going to do, Peter? If you go to that upper room, you're not going to get some phileo. You're going to get some agape, and you're going to come out of that upper room, and you're going to feed my sheep. That's exactly what Peter does, because it's not enough to love Jesus like a buddy. It's not enough to phileo Jesus. God is looking for you to operate in the agape, the God kind of love. Why? Because it'll bring you out of your failure. You know what Jesus was doing in that moment? He was bringing Peter out of his failure. He says, you get to that upper room until you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, you're going to have the agape kind of love. And Peter leaves the upper room and begins a brand new ministry, the birth of the church. 3,000 get saved in one day. And the very next day, some 5,000 people get saved. Peter's on a roll and he's He's succeeding in life. He's not failing in life. Why? Because love will bring you out of failure, and love will keep you from failure. I thought to myself, as so wrapping it up, I thought to myself, I wonder what Peter would say after all of those events concerning the love of God. <laughs> the good news is, is that we have First and Second Peter. I would encourage you maybe this week to make it your study. It's amazing what Peter talks about. He talks about the love of God because the love of God brought him out of failure and the love of God kept him from failure. But as I close today, wherever you're at on the other side of these cam this camera, here's what Peter said. What would Peter say about this love, the, the agape love of God? Because all he had ever experienced was the phileo. He says in 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8, it says, everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. Peter's saying, hey, this thing's coming to an end. We, we started this message with Jesus talking to the disciples. Here's the, the signs of the end times. And now Peter in his, 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 his epistle, he says, everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. So do, here's what you need to do. So take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Verse 8, most of all, love, agape, each other as if your life depended on it. Why? Because your life depends on the love of God. Nothing, celebration, nothing works without the love of God. And it is my heart, my desire as your pastor that we make a shift today that is for, for me and this church, for celebration. We refuse to allow our love to grow cold. Come on, put it in the chat room. 
I refuse to let my love grow cold. We make a commitment today that in the craziness of our world, we're not going to go crazy with it. No, we're going to yield more to love than we ever have before. Why? Because we need God's word to work in our lives. So, Father, I pray right now to every person on the other side of this camera, God, that they would come to that place that I came to and that I still come to, that this is really what I need in my life. God, I need to hear about the love of God. I need to hear that I have the ability to walk in that kind of love in every decision that I make, in every relationship that I have. God, would you, would you go deep on the inside of our hearts and bring change? God, we make adjustments today. Maybe, maybe that's you today. You just need to make an adjustment right where you're at. Come on, just change your position, change your posture right where you're at. Just, just say, Lord, that's me. I need to make that decision. God, I'm, I'm the person that's gotten caught up in all this rage, and I'm, I'm hating on people, and I'm being critical of people, and I'm being rude of people, and I'm, I'm posting all their wrongs. God, that's, that's not the way I want to live. God, I choose today. I make a decision to yield to, to the love of God in my heart. Father, all over this valley, wherever people are watching, I thank you, God, we're making adjustments to walk in your love. So look into this camera. Maybe you've never made a decision for Jesus. I like what Romans 5, 8 says, but God showed us his great agape or his great love by sending Jesus Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. Did, did you hear that? God didn't wait. In fact, one translation, translation says, while you were yet his enemy. Isn't that awesome that God showed love to even his enemies? He didn't wait for you to get your act together to love you and to receive you and to give you eternal life. Listen, if you've never made a decision for Jesus, you've never given your life to God, this is your moment to say yes to the love of God. God's not waiting for you to get your act together. He's waiting for you to surrender your life to his agape his love for you. He loves you. He cares for you. Would you pray this prayer wherever you're at today? Maybe maybe you're far from God. You've never surrendered your life, but you can fix it today by just surrendering your life. Just say, Father God, today I surrender my life to you. I receive Jesus as my Savior. I, I make him my Lord, and from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. Father, by your Spirit, Live within me. Bring that love, bring that agape so that I can live my life not by my feelings and not by my emotions, but by a decision to yield to the God kind of love. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. We celebrate with those that made, that made that decision for Christ. Hallelujah. I have good news for you today. You have the ability to love like God loves because it's now in you. I know on the other side of that camera, and I believe God is doing a work in your life. I'm going to ask my son to just sing this song. I don't feel like we're just quite done. I, I know we can rush off, click off, and just go on to our, our, our lives, but 
I, I don't know about you, but this is really important for me right now. I believe that God spoke to me weeks ago. He says, son, if you'll preach it, if you'll teach it, I'll begin to work in the lives of people and it'll be the answer to help them. It'll be the answer. It'll be, it'll, it'll be the help that they're looking for where they can move forward in 2020 beyond this COVID-19. I'm here to tell you, love is bringing joy to your life. Love is bringing answers to your life. The love of God is driving out the fear in your life. Come on. And love is bringing you out of that failure. And it's going to make you fail-proof. Celebration. If nobody else does this, let's make our decision today that we're going to walk. We're going to live by the love of God. Right where you're at in your home, backyard, wherever you're at. <laughs> assisted care living. I know so many of you are in assisted care living. And, and, and you're watching this right now. I just, I just speak the love of God into your, your life's not over. You're not too old. God still has purpose for you. I'm just declaring the love of God to fill your life today. The depression and sadness and heaviness would go and the love of God would fill you with the joy and the peace that would cause you to want to live another day because you have purpose. You have purpose for your existence. Come on, right where you're at, change your posture. Let's just take a moment before we click off. Let's just go Godward and allow God to finish this work in our hearts. Come on, let's sing that. It's love, love, love. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 